Genesis chapter 7, and I'm going to read verses 1 through 16. It says, And the Lord said unto Noah, Come thou and all thy house into the ark. For thee have I seen righteous before me in this generation. Of every clean beast thou shalt take to thee by sevens, the male and his female, and of beasts that are not clean by two, the male and his female. Of fowls also of the air by sevens, the male and the female, to keep a seed alive upon the face of all the earth. For yet seven days, and I will cause it to rain upon the earth forty days and forty nights. And every living substance that I have made will I destroy from off the face of the earth. And Noah did according unto all that the Lord commanded him. Noah was six hundred years old when the flood of waters was upon the earth. And Noah went in, and his sons, and his wife, and his sons' wives with him into the ark, because of the waters of the flood. Of clean beasts, and of beasts that are not clean, and of fowls, of every living, of everything that creepeth upon earth. There went in two and two unto Noah into the ark, the male and the female, as God commanded Noah. It came to pass after seven days that the waters of the flood were upon the earth. In the six hundredth year of Noah's life, in the second month, the seventeenth day of the month, the same day were all the fountains of the great deep broken up, and the windows of heaven were opened. And the rain was upon the earth forty days and forty nights. In the selfsame day entered Noah and Shem and Ham and Japheth, the sons of Noah, Noah's wife and the three wives of his sons with them in the ark. They and every beast after his kind, and all the cattle after their kind, and every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth after his kind, and every fowl after his kind, every bird of every sort. They went in unto Noah, into the ark, two and two of all flesh, wherein is the breath of life. And they that went in, went in male and female of all flesh, as God commanded him. And the Lord shut him in. Title message is safely in the ark. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we do thank you again for the opportunity and privilege of ours to be assembled together this morning. Lord, we thank you for what we've heard already, Sunday school hour and the singing and lifting our voice in praise to thee. And thank you, Father, that we can worship you in spirit and in truth. And I pray, Father, as we look into the Word of God, that we allow me to write to divide thy word. Make application to our lives, to our good and thy glory. And Lord, we pray if there be any in our midst this morning who've never been, never trusted Christ as our Lord and Savior, never are not safely in the ark, as it were. I pray that the Spirit of God would bring conviction, help them realize that judgment is sure and uh, death is certain. Uh, Father, and but Father, that uh, the invitation is always open. Come thou. So have your will and your way, and may you be glorified. We pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Of course, the Ark of Noah and the flood is something that the liberals have criticized for years um, and questioned whether it's really true, a worldwide flood. Of course, if you look at the geological structure of the world, you would have to come to the conclusion, if you're honest, that something like that happened somewhere along the line. Uh, you know, evidence of that in our own country is the Grand Canyon. Uh, true science will tell you that the rock at the top is the same age as the rock at the bottom. It didn't get that way by that river, whatever it is, the Snake River it goes through there. Uh, cut it, or the, or the Colorado, whatever it is. Anyway, you know, 
keep eroding, 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 eroding over millions and millions of years. No, it all happened at one time. Other critics have said, well, and I was out in Kansas back in, I think it was uh, 2004. And anyway, there was a there was an elderly lady there that was, she was an old spinster school teacher. Uh, never married. Anyway, she she uh, she was a an aunt of a missionary wife that I knew. And uh, uh, the pastor there had been to see her a couple of times, and she had this argument. She had this argument. How in the world could Noah take all those animals into an ark that size? Well, <clears throat> just so happened not too long before that I'd read this. This is out of the Way of Life Encyclopedia of the Bible. It comes out of actually it's copied out of Ryrie Study Bible. It goes like this: Noah's Ark. This was a large boat Noah built to protect himself and his family and the animals from the flood. It was very large, 300 cubits long, 50 cubits wide, and 30 cubits high. Although we do not know the exact length of a cubit at this time, later it was about 18 inches, making the ark. 450 feet long, 75 feet broad, 45 feet high, with a displacement of about 20,000 tons and gross tonnage of about 14,000 tons. Its carrying capacity equaled that of 522 standard railroad stock cars, each of which could hold 240 sheep. Only 188 cars would be required to hold 45,000 sheep-sized animals, leaving three trains of 104 cars each for food, Noah's family, and range for the animals. Today, it's estimated there are 17,600 species of animals, making 45,000 a likely approximation of the number Noah might have taken into the ark. Furthermore, you know, well, you say, well, he had elephants and rhinoceros and giraffes. He didn't have to take adults. They could have just taken the babies. So there was no problem with Noah getting all the animals in the ark. Um, she didn't know what to say after that. But anyway, you know, there, if you take the Bible, if you, you know, common, if you if you interpret the Bible from a con- common sense perspective, there's no issues. Um, and true science, of course. But this morning I want to look at. Uh, the title again. The title of the message: "Safely in the Ark," and, and that's where Noah was. I, want, I have uh, five things here I want to mention as we think about the Ark and our security in Christ. First of all, the Ark was a refuge from divine judgment. In verses one through five of our passage, it says, "And the Lord said unto Noah, Come thou and thy house into the Ark, for thee have I seen righteous before me in this generation." Of every clean beast thou shalt take to thee by sevens, the male and his female, and of beasts that are not clean by two, the male and his female, of fowls also of the air by sevens, the male and the female, to keep a seed alive upon the face of all the earth. For yet seven days, and I will cause it to rain upon the earth forty days and forty nights. And every living substance that I have made will I destroy from off the face of the earth. And Noah did according unto all the Lord commanded him. So the ark was a refuge from divine judgment. God says, I'm going to bring rain, and I'm going to destroy every living substance. Everything that breathes, everything that lives upon the face of the earth, I'm going to destroy it. But he says to to, uh, uh, Noah and his his family, come thou and all thy house in the ark. 
The ark, of course, is a refuge from divine judgment. God is about to pour out his wrath upon the wickedness of mankind and destroy all the earth that's been corrupted. But he, he has Noah make an ark whereby he can escape this divine judgment. See, Noah, within the walls of the ark, is secured or safe from the wrath of God. Uh, you know, there's three arks in the Bible. Of course, Noah's, the ark of bulrushes, where Moses was put, protected from Pharaoh. By the way, he's a type of Satan. Uh, and then there's the ark of the covenant, which, which, and it contained the two tables of stone, in which was written the holy law of God. You know, each of these, in its own way, speaks of Christ. And as you think of the three put together... We are protected or we are sheltered, sheltered from only three things that can harm us. The wrath or judgment of God. 1 Thessalonians 5, 9 says, For God not hath appointed us to wrath, but to obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us, that whether we wake or sleep, we should live together with him. We are also protected from Satan. 1 Peter 5, 8 says, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil. As a roaring lion walketh about seeking whom he may devour, whom resist steadfast in the faith, knowing that same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren. Uh, first James, uh, for, uh, yeah, James 4, 7 says, uh, Submit yourselves therefore to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. First John 4, 4 says, Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. So we're, we're saved from the wrath of God. We're saved from the power of Satan. We're also Deliver or save from the condemnation of the law in Christ. Galatians 3.13 Christ hath redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us. Uh, Romans, I like what Romans 8.1 says. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. See, we're free. You know, I like that song. Free from the law, all happy condition. Jesus hath bled and there is remission. See, praise God. See, the ark was a refuge from the divine judgment of God. But I want you to notice, secondly, not only was it a refuge from the divine judgment of God, it was a divine provision. Verse 13 and 14, <clears throat> it says this, And God said unto Noah, The end of all flesh has come before me, for the earth is filled with violence through them, and behold, I will destroy them with the earth. Make thee an ark of gopher wood. Room shalt thou make in the ark, and shalt pitch it within and without with pitch. <coughs> it was a divine provision. And I want you to notice something here. If you go back to verse 3, you might say, well, how long was this thing in building? Well, I think at least 120 years. In verse 3 it says, And the Lord said, My spirit shall not only strive with man, for yet, for that he is also flesh, yet his days shall be in 120 years. Now, <clears throat> sort of like I mentioned on Thursday night, that you know, uh, Jesus Christ coming into the world was not an afterthought. You know, before the flood came, a means of escape existed or a means of deliverance, I shouldn't say escape, that doesn't sound right. A means of deliverance for Noah and his family was in the mind of God. Uh, he didn't start to make it after it started to rain. He was commanded to build it uh, before it ever stopped the rain. It was not an afterthought. 
Uh, and again, Christ was not an afterthought. Uh, it was planned before the foundation of the world. First Peter chapter 1, verse 18. First Peter chapter 1, verse 18. says, For as much as you know that you were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers, but with a precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot, who verily was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last times for you. You know, even in Genesis chapter 3, verse 15, we have the gospel, is what they call in seed form, where it says, I will put enmity between thee and the woman, and between thee and, thy, and her seed. It shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. You know, the Lord Jesus dealt Satan a death blow, a head wound, if you will, uh, and, and uh, uh, though he was bruised in doing so. Uh, and so it was not an afterthought. It was a divine provision. But I want you to notice also, thirdly, it was revealed to Noah... By divine design. It was revealed to Noah by design, divine design. Notice again verse 14 where he says, <clears throat> Make thee an ark of gopher wood. Room shalt thou make in the ark, and shalt pitch it within and without with pitch. And this is the fashion which thou shalt make it of it. The length of the ark shall be 300 cubits, the breadth of it 30, 50 cubits, and the height of it thirty cubits. A window shalt thou make to the ark, and in a cubit shalt thou finish it above. And the door of the ark shalt thou set in the side thereof, with lower, second, and third stories shalt thou make it. Uh, and then in verse 40, 22 it says, Thus did Noah, notice this, according to all that God commanded him, so did he. And again, chapter 5, verse 7. And Noah did according to all that the Lord commanded him. You see, this was revealed to Noah by divine design. Noah didn't come up with the plans for this ark. He said to make it of gopher wood. Now, I was trying to find out, what is gopher wood? You know what? Nobody knows. Even with all modern technology and all the internet, nobody really knows. Many people, commentators, think it's some form of cypress, which is a very strong wood. But that's just a guess. They don't really know what gopher wood is. But God said, you make it of gopher wood, uh, and you're to pitch it within and without. You know, and so you see that this is not Noah's invention. God gave him the plans for this. You know, the tabernacle was not Moses' design. Again, Hebrews 8.5 says that he, that, that he was to make all things according to the pattern that he showed him in the mount. So it was God's design. It was all of God's design. The New Testament church is God's design. Look at, look at Ephesians chapter 3. Ephesians chapter 3. <clears throat> Ephesians 3, 
Verse 1, For this cause I, Paul, the prisoner of Jesus Christ from you Gentiles, if you have heard of the dispensation of the grace of God which is given to me you, me to you word, how that by revelation he made unto me the mystery, as I wrote afore in a few words. Now, the word mystery means something that was before hidden that is now revealed. He says, Whereby, when you read, you may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ, which in other ages, the Old Testament, was not made known unto the sons of men, as it is now revealed unto his holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit, that the Gentiles should be fellow heirs and of the same body and partakers of his promise in Christ by the gospel. Uh, so, so the Gentiles are members of a New Testament church, and the Jews are members of New Testament churches. They're all one in Christ. Uh, he says, Whereof I was made minister according to the gift of the grace of God given unto me by the effectual working of his power. Unto me who am less than the least of all saints is this grace given, that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ, to make all men see what is the fellowship of the mystery, which from the beginning of the world hath been hid in God, who created all things by Jesus Christ, to the intent that now under the principalities and powers in heavenly places might be known by the church. And that word by the church, it, it, it means uh, uh, by means of or through the church, the manifold wisdom of God, according to the eternal purpose which he purposed in Christ Jesus our Lord, in whom we have boldness and access with confidence by the faith of him. So the mystery that was hidden before was this age of grace where God was going to uh, uh, dwell in churches. And, and this, is, this is not man's design. This is God's design. And he says that, that, that principalities and powers in heavenly places might be known, in other words, or by, or that means by means of, or through the church, the manifold wisdom of God. Paul did write Timothy later and said, you know, the church is the pillar and ground of the truth. Do you hear people say this today? And it always kind of stumped me, and so I'm glad I studied this. I just don't like organized religion. I don't like organized religion. Start thinking about that. It's the way you like chaos. Is your home organized? Or do you like it chaotic? Is your work organized? Would you like a disorganized government? Sort of what we got. Um, you know, I don't like organized religion. Well, the builder and designer of this, if you want to call it organized religion, is the Lord Jesus Christ himself. I mean, he was the first pastor. He said, I will build my church. Matthew 16, 18. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. He appointed the second pastor. I give unto thee, Peter, the keys. Then later on, John, 20, John 21, he tells Peter to feed my sheep. So he appointed, you know, he was the first pastor. He appointed Peter the second pastor. And, and, and as you go out throughout the New Testament, we find that, for example, in Philippians chapter 1, verse 1, Paul writing back to the church at Philippi, which he started, 
on one of his missionary journeys, he says, Paul and Timotheus, the servants of Jesus Christ, all the saints in Christ Jesus, which are at Philippi, with the bishops and deacons. So here was an this was organized religion. It was an organized church. They had they had you know they, they had membership and they had pastors or bishops they called them here bishops and deacons. He wrote Titus and said he is to ordain elders in every city, where I have appointed thee. Acts chapter one verse fifteen tells us they had a membership, number of the names. Sounds like organized religion to me. Again, we want something that's chaotic. You see, the reason people don't want organized religion is they don't want to be accountable. But, but God, this, 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 this is this is by God's design. You know, just as He designed the ark, He designed the the tabernacle. Or he gave the pattern, and He's given us His pattern. Uh, and you know, Jesus began that. You know, first First uh, Corinthians three eleven tells us other foundation can no man lay than that which is laid, which is Christ Jesus. And then Paul said, "I build upon that foundation." The word foundation there means principles of, of instruction or a system of truth. You see, a New Testament church is of divine design. It's not made after the pattern of men. And so... It's revealed to Noah by divine design. And revealed to us by divine design. To reject Christ's church is to reject him and his truth. I want you to notice a fourth thing. Not only is it by divine design, it's also entered by divine invitation. Back to Genesis chapter 7. Genesis chapter 7. And the Lord said unto Noah, Come thou. Come thou. And all thy house into the ark. For thee have I seen righteous before me in this generation. The Lord said to Noah, Come thou. He did not say, Go. You know, go would have been a command and may have even implied depart from me. But he said, come thou. That's an invitation. It's not a command. It's simply an invitation. It implies that you come where I am. It implies going into the presence of God. And this is what you find throughout the, throughout the New Testament. When, when Jesus, during his earthly ministry, he invited people to come to him. To come to him. Matthew eleven twenty eight, 28. Come unto me, all the labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Come. You remember even the, uh, the rich young ruler... Luke chapter 19, or I'm sorry, Luke chapter 17. 
came running to Jesus, you know, saying, good master, what must I do to inherit eternal life, and so on and so forth. And, and uh, of course, Jesus quoted him some of the commandments, and he said, I'll, I'll, I kept all these. And then he said, one thing thou lackest. Go sell all that thou hast, distribute unto the poor, thou shalt have treasure in heaven, and come and follow me. And verse 23 says, and when he heard this, he was very sorrowful, for he was very rich. Now, again, it's interesting. Jesus just said to him, Yet lackest thou one thing, sell all thou hast, distribute unto the poor, and thou shalt treasure in heaven, and come. Just an invitation. Come. Come, follow me. Yeah, he told the disciples in Matthew 4, 19, Follow me. Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. You see, it's God simply offers to man the invitation to a relationship and fellowship with Him. He does not force it. The last, close to the last verse of the Bible, Revelation twenty-two seventeen. The Spirit and the bride say, "Come." Let him that is a thirst come, and drink of the water of life freely. Oh, it's a divine invitation to come. Whosoever will may come. But I want you to notice, fifthly, it's also a place of divine security. Notice again in our text, Genesis chapter 7, verse 13. <clears throat> it says, In the selfsame day entered Noah and Shem and Ham and Japheth, the sons of Noah and Noah's wife and the three wives of his sons with him into the ark. They and every beast after his kind, and all the cattle after their kind, and every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth after his kind, and every fowl after his kind, and every bird of every sort. And they went in unto Noah. I think I'm reading the wrong passage. In the ark, and two and two of all flesh, wherein there was a breath of life. And they that went in, went in male and female of all flesh, as God had commanded him. And the Lord, notice, here it is. And the Lord shut him The Lord shut him in. It's a place of divine security. This is seen in several ways. For example, in verse 14 of chapter 4, he says, Make thee an ark of gopher wood. Room shalt thou make in the ark, and shalt pitch it within and without with pitch. It was to be... He was to pitch it within and without. A pitch, I guess, is a tar-like substance to seal it. You know, they made, maybe they made caulk out of that. It would last longer. I don't know. But whatever it was, you know, it had to, had to last for, what, 150 days or something like that. Uh, and, and the tremendous uh, catastrophic 
you know, everything that went on. But it was, the point is, it was thoroughly watertight. No matter, no matter how hard it rained, no matter how hard the, the, the tsunamis or whatever, the, the, the earthquakes, you know, think about it. You know, the, the Bible says that the great deeps were broken up. There was, there was, I'm sure there was earthquakes, volcanoes. It's believed that most of the water probably came out of the earth. But Noah, he's safe in the ark, just as secure as a bug on a rug, the boat rocking him to sleep at night, while all this is going on all around him, outside. You know, Colossians 3.3 3 says, And ye are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. You know, if you trusted Christ as your Lord and Savior, you are secure in Him. God doesn't see you as you are, but what you have in Christ. So He was pitched within and without. And, and then also it says in verse 16 that the Lord shut Him in. You know, Noah, God simply invited Noah to go into the ark and, and, uh, and the Lord shut the door. The Lord shut him in. You know, Noah didn't take, have to take care of himself. He didn't have to persevere once he entered the ark. God was responsible for keeping him safe. First Peter chapter 1. Verse 3, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy hath begotten us again unto lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled, and that fadeth not away, reserved in heaven for you, who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. In Romans 8, 35 through 39, also says, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, distress, persecution, famine, or nakedness, or peril, or sword? As it is written, For thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things to come, or things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. So, you know, the Lord, it was a place of divine security because the Lord shut him in. The Lord locked the door, if you will. Thirdly, the security is seen in the fact that all that went in also came out. All that went in also came out. Chapter 8, verse 18. And Noah went forth, and his sons, and his wife, and his sons' wife with him, 
And notice, every beast, every creeping thing, every fowl, and whatsoever creepeth upon the earth after their kinds went forth out of the ark. So everything that, that God took had Noah take into the ark, and then he, and God shut the door. So everything that went in also came out. In John chapter 17, in his high priestly prayer, Jesus said this, While I was with them in the world, I kept them in thy name. Those that thou gavest me I have kept, and none of them is lost but the son of perdition, that the scriptures might be fulfilled. Chapter 18, 8, 9. Jesus answered, I have told you that I am he. If therefore you seek me, let these go the way, that the saying might be fulfilled which he spake, of them which thou gavest me have I lost none. John 6:37 All that the Father giveth me shall come to me and him that cometh me I will in no wise cast out. You see, if you're in Christ, just like Noah, everything that went into the ark was kept safe in the ark, also came out of the ark to a new earth. A cursed earth still, but a new earth to them. Everyone that receives Christ as Lord and Savior is going to be kept secure in Christ and, and will be one day enter the pearly gates of heaven to a new heaven and a new earth. All that be in Christ will always be in Christ. He will lose none. We are safe and secure in Him. Safe and secure in Him. In you know, and look at John, John 14. John 14. <clears throat> you know, I think of, put yourself in Noah's place with, with everything that's going on. You know, the, uh, with the great fountains of the deeps broken up. You know, the, the volcanoes and, and the, the earthquakes. And there, I'm sure there was, you know, uh, you know, they had this earthquake. Where was that? Um, back in 2003 or 2004, where, it, where it, um, over in one of the Far Eastern countries, this big, as a result of the earthquake, there was this huge tsunami that was it Bangladesh or someplace, and it just wiped out you know thousands of people just like that. There have been tsunamis, all, all kinds of stuff happening, and again, Noah's safely and securely uh, riding out the storm, if you will. And John 14, 27 says, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you, not as the world giveth give unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. John 16, 33, These things have I spoken unto you, that in me you might have peace. In the world shall have tribulation, but you have good cheer. I have overcome the world. You see, we are safe, we are secure. It's a place of divine security in Christ our Lord and Savior. So, the ark is a refuge from divine judgment. It was a divine provision. It's revealed to us by divine design 
it's entered by divine invitation. There's also a place of divine security. Your God offers to us a divine invitation that we might be in Christ. You know, one of these days, God will judge the world again. Second Peter chapter 3, verse 10, that he's going to judge the world with fire, pour out his wrath upon this wicked world. Are you safe? Are you secure? Are you saved from the wrath to come? You know, the invitation still is. Come. Come. Come thou into the ark. Come thou to Christ. That you might have life and life more abundantly. Are you safely in the ark?